Hello and welcome to the next episode of Lost in Criterion. I'm John Patrick Oatari Dorgan, and with me, as always, is a man who always wears Jordy LaForge sunglasses to the beach. I am the Adam Glass, and I wear Jordy LaForge sunglasses wherever, whenever, uh, but particularly at night. Of course, yeah. And I... Oh. <laughs> and that voice almost introduced And himself, I... <laughs> uh, is Jonathan Hape joining us for... Spine number 400, Pat. Spine number 400. Unbelievable. That does not mean we've watched 400 movies for this project. It As means it we've watched 7,000 movies. Uh, <laughs> Criterion's numbering system uh, barely makes sense through that, the process of it, everything. It, it does not actually make sense. Barely makes sense is giving it a lot of credit that it does not deserve. Right. It makes zero so sense. So this is... This is episode 390, which means it's probably like film number 392, just because of the other way things have worked out. Uh, but it is spine number 400, and that's worth celebrating. I agree. I've asked Jonathan to join us uh, because we love him. This is, I think this is the first time you've ever joined for a movie that you weren't already in love with. Correct, and and I actually was going to also introduce myself as uh, Jonathan Hape as Aunt Lottie uh, is what I was going to do back there, but never got the chance. Um, How Aunt clean Lottie, of course, is your Hungarian? A, uh, very dirty. I only know <laughs> only dirty know Hungarian. Hungarian. Um, nice. Aunt Lottie, actually, though I love gets a credit in the intro, like it's it it started the movie off right for me. <laughs> I gotta say that. Before we get into the movie this week, I do want to talk about our Patreon, patreon.com slash Lost in Criterion. Over there for just a dollar a month, you can support us, keep us going, uh, help us pay some bills. Uh, you know, it's nice. It's nice to share your money with us. That's very nice. With internet do. strangers, do- I agree. With internet strangers. A dollar a month uh, gets you access uh, to a bonus episode. It's a non-criterion film. You also get to vote on what we're going to watch. Every every poll, every month, includes the choice to make us watch Kazam, the 1996 Shaquille O'Neal starring children's movie about a genie who lives in a boombox. I had no idea that uh, Shaquille O'Neal lived in the boombox in the movie. I've never seen the movie, so... <laughs> You should. I'm very excited to know that that actually, yeah. for the first time in my life, makes me want this to watch may surprise they... you. Shaquille O'Neal actually lives in a boombox in real life. <laughs> yes. I mean that I was putting that together slowly as yeah. as I was saying it out loud. But yes, Cinema Verata, we call that. Uh, Jonathan, if we uh, if they ever vote for it again, I uh, I have sworn to myself that the uh, the only way I will stand to continue watching that movie is if we add someone new uh, and just increasingly grow that group of people uh, every time they make us watch it. So Pat and I have watched it together. Oh, okay. So next time, if they vote for it again, 
you can join us and then the next time it'll be you and someone else and we just until if they make oh, like us a watch game it, of telephone with yeah, people yeah, yeah absolutely we just keep adding someone else Oh, no, no, no. We never subtract people. Yeah, oh, until the, until, oh, until right. the Discord uh, call so has like 55 <laughs> yeah. people on it. Right. Just right. building a, right. <laughs> a huge right. strain on bandwidth. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just making this impossible <laughs> to record. Right. It and should also be a recording, though, in that same spirit of the previous recording of the movie. So as it goes, it degrades. And so as your audio <laughs> degrades, so right. it has your previous watch right. of the film. Right. I would enjoy that. Yeah. So yeah, patreon.com slash lost in criterion, just a dollar for for that access to hear uh, an ever increasing number of people and degrading quality of audio <laughs> as we it's talk like, about it's like four <laughs> kilobytes a second or something towards the end there or yeah, something like that. Yeah. It'll be great. Uh but uh a little above that we do have some other tiers. At the five dollar tier, we like to thank uh those supporters on air. Thank you to Christopher Otto and Adam Speakerman for your $5 support. Yes, thank you. A little above that, we do something that's really special. Pat makes a piece of art based on uh, some of the movies we've watched recently. Uh, and I get that printed up on a postcard and uh, write a little thank you note. Jonathan, actually, just to uh, your right on top are some of the postcards if you want to thumb through some of the Ooh. more recent ones. Oh, wow. Yeah. I like this terrifying looking <laughs> oh is it the godzilla beast? one it is the godzilla it's one. magic uh, isn't it we've got super <laughs> dr man <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good one that's one of my boys karloff super sad dr man c crippling opium addiction oblivious family members improper scientific method yeah. <laughs> if a critical museum exists it's a good tops one. in terror it's a good one too tops in terror i think was the only thing the actual on it's the only yeah. it's on the only poster. legitimate line oh on that God. thing yeah it's all framed so, on the what so, the poster looks like but yeah yeah those are so different for me because the ones i've seen have been your art and then i just got to a couple of them that are just straight up your art and they're gorgeous uh the the one uh the three-legged horse Oh, I, um, I, I, that one's yeah. a fun one to make, yeah. Yeah, the, the horse figurine from, uh, oh, I can't remember the name of that movie. I don't remember the name of that film. movie either, frankly. Yeah. And then, <laughs> obviously, uh, the best. <laughs> yes. Which is uh, the best one? The uh, the elephant statue from Toys. Toys. Oh, yeah. Your December Although, postcard. <laughs> I'm a big fan of Panjandrum, or whatever it's called. Yeah, uh, that wasn't in that story. Oh, that's so unfortunate. What, where it is. Which movie is uh, this? It is literally called When a Woman Ascends the Stairs. Oh, and wow. Just, yeah, that's a great piece of Yeah, that is of art really wonderful. For that one, too. Yeah, so Jonathan loves them, and if you want to see oh, I'm, them, I'm you flattered. should... Uh, I appreciate it. Join us at the $10 and above supporter mark. Uh, we also like to thank the people at that mark right now on air. So thank you to Jason Westhaver and to Michael McGrath. And, uh, yeah, thank you so much, guys. Yeah, very grateful for that support. But that is patreon.com slash lost in criterion if you want to get in on that at any level. We support and we uh, appreciate it, but we also just uh, appreciate you listening. Uh, if you want to support us without uh, giving us money, always uh, always beneficial to go review us on iTunes or, or uh, Apple Podcasts, whatever they're calling it these days. Uh, we haven't read those reviews in like five years. And we won't uh, because but, uh, every time we do, we won't. it causes yeah. us great dismay. <laughs> 
they're 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 very silly sometimes i really loved the one that talked about how i was really great and pat was really bad and then gave us three stars yeah as, so that's a good one if they took the a average, average us out between the two. <laughs> yeah, yeah basically my favorite is still the fact that like we completely st- i stopped saying the word weird for like fucking three years because somebody said we used so the word too the, much one of the earliest reviews was was that we say the word weird too much uh yeah it was great so we have a, a weird little movie this week. And, uh, no. You're a monster, <laughs> <No>. Adam. <laughs> this week we're talking about Stranger Than Paradise uh, from 1984, uh, directed by Jim Jaramusch, uh, written by Jim Jaramusch. Uh, uh, Did you just edited, call him well, co-edited. Jar- Jarmusch. I think I put an extra A in Har-mish. there. Harmish. I, I just, I'm dealing with the fact that I'm pretty <laughs> sure I heard you say moose at the end. I moose. No, I did not say moose. Okay. That internet. Jim connection. Jar of Moose. Jar Moose. Yeah, jar of yeah. Moose. Yes, uh, exactly. Very large. Yeah. Large moose. <laughs> Starring uh his his friend John Laurie, who we have seen in a couple of things prior, uh, including fishing to John uh, with John so many years ago, the star of that. Uh John Laurie also does the soundtrack here. Uh uh it also co stars the uh Sonic Youth drummer turned actor Richard Edson, who I believe holds this movie together in a way uh, he just puts all the charm on it. I love, yeah. love Richard Edson and didn't know how much I loved him until this movie, <laughs> putting it together with the the links between Pete and Pete and oh, Ferris yeah, Bueller. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the whole time I just imagined him talking about Edna the, the squid, but yeah. he does not. He, he just He's, Ava. Uh, He's what he's the valet in Ferris Bueller, mm-hmm. and uh, oh, I didn't. And I did not realize Pete. that. Yeah. Huh. So yeah, he's one of the two guys that drives the car around. But in Pete and Pete, he's in the very first episode, which is before it was a series. It's just a, a singular special, St. Valentine's Day Massacre, and he plays the keeper of the school mascot, the squid, and he tends the yard. And he has a crush on Miss Fingerwood, it's, who is Sid Straw, who's an alternate alt country artist. I mean, yeah. it's just a whole thing. Yeah. So him being a Sonic Youth drummer. And being in, like, one of the most quintessential changing of indie movie yeah. films ever is yeah. is a pretty big deal. <laughs> right. uh, also co- co-stars uh, Esther Belint, who is Hungarian-born. Uh, she most recently, she was uh, the love interest on a recent season of Louie. Oh. Yeah. Um, Interesting. Yeah. So there's that. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, so they're... they're it's an interesting group of people. Uh, and Cecilia Stark as Aunt Lottie. Aunt Lottie, Cecilia Stark, I'm sorry. Uh, some the, yeah. lady. Uh, Actually the glue that holds the film together. Yeah. <laughs> I would <Yeah>. say so. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is uh, this is technically Jarmusch's second feature length. Um his first film is actually on this DVD as well, though I did not get a chance to watch it, unfortunately. Uh, <clears throat> mostly because uh, I was watching this on the Criterion Channel, and it's not listed on the Criterion Channel. Yeah, which I didn't, normally I didn't has even all the special know. features, but does not have all the special features if they are an entire other film. <laughs> uh, normally, that's just listed separately. So, Permanent Vacation is also on the DVD with this. It is a 75 minute uh, full color uh, film. Uh, that he made in 1980, and then he started making Stranger Than Paradise in 1982 uh, with uh, film stock that he got from uh, 
from Wim Wenders. Uh, he was working with Wim Wenders on another film and Nicholas Ray and Wenders gave him 30 minutes of black and white film stock. Oh, that's awesome. And he shot the first act of this film in 1982 oh, on that. And then, uh, and then finally got some money in 1984 and finished up the rest of it. Uh, you know, when you're shooting on location in Cleveland, you gotta, <laughs> you gotta pay out the nose. So you gotta, right. Yeah, get that money. Especially um, that back alley going towards like the non-existent L train or whatever. It, 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 I it, it's so <laughs> Cleveland. It's yeah. it's perfect. Yeah, Jarmusch uh, is actually from Cuyahoga Falls. Okay, so, I did not uh, know that. So yeah, Cleveland's local to him. Um, they at one point make reference to the Olympia Theater, which I think even in 1984 had already closed. <laughs> uh, but that's supposedly the theater they're seeing that kung fu movie at on the date um, which best scene in the whole yeah. thing i, I oh yeah for the sure entire time oh my gosh just the fact that each one of them so there's billy which i love the the for jarmusch just names don't matter yeah. people's background doesn't matter you're gonna get it from conversations eddie and, and billy yeah eddie billy ava uh uh willie and so uh he is there and he's not able to sit with ava and so he just keeps looking over annoying or annoyed obviously willie is just annoyed that they're there on this date yeah. with her and you know this guy Eddie is completely enthralled with the film the entire time <laughs> yep. and it's just a loop of sounds yeah it's it, it just and it happens for like three minutes i mean ava's actually there just trying to enjoy the movie the entire time like eating popcorn and hanging out and that's what you see for like two plus minutes it's right it, it just made it for me i loved yeah. that moment yeah it's beautiful this film is built on 67 separate takes that are all single take sometimes the camera doesn't even move during them and then each of those is punctuated with like two frames of black. Yeah, yeah. Like, like it is no transitions, no transitions whatsoever. The the uh, the way this film is built is very weird, mm -hmm. and I don't say weird as a joke. There, it actually is just weird. yeah. But it, it's <laughs> well, it's good that way though. I I really I do like that whole construction effort in this film. In that like yeah. I, I enjoy the fact that it decides to not follow any rules, basically. It follows a few no, rules. No, I, well, I know, but like, <laughs> what I mean is like, there's things like that that are... What I, one of the things that makes this movie kind of appealing, and there are things that I don't like about this movie, but one of the things that makes this movie appealing is that it it kind of couples its kind of homegrown feeling with a lot of things like what feels like homegrown editing. It's like, oh, fade fades. Mm -hmm. Whoa, 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 dude. <laughs> right. Like, right. what are you talking about? <laughs> fades. Yeah. This isn't one of those movies where the editor found a box of transitions under a counter. <laughs> I don't actually remember what movie that was. It was I think it was one of the uh uh one of the Fastbender films. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Where they put in a bunch of like old school transitions. Yeah, yeah. There's like Star Wars stuff. Yeah, found them while editing the movie. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. but it's and it's the, just yeah, like... it's very, very intentional with without having transitions. But it didn't affect me so much unless I put it in context because there have been so many other movies that do the same thing. And I've only seen one other Jim Jarmusch movie ever, and it was Patterson. And Patterson has learned transition because it has poetry, and poetry is its transition, but otherwise feels very segmented like this movie yeah. does. Yeah. 
Patterson's sort of episodic in the same way as this movie is. Without the repetition right. or, or imagery, right. um, which kind of makes this a little more of a fun, raw well, feel. Yeah. Um, I don't know that Patterson's been added to the collection. I wouldn't be surprised if it has. Uh, but, but one thing about Patterson is the way the way it utilizes poetry within it and the poetics of sort of rhyming couplets. Yeah, know? yeah. <laughs> scenes, scenes happen again, but they happen under different contexts and in different ways. It's, yeah. it's, a, it's a movie... The, the only way to make, to me, a movie like uh, Stranger Than Paradise, not Strangers in Paradise, Stranger Than Paradise, um, a better film. Not saying it's a perfect film or it's one of the best movies I've ever seen, but it really accomplishes what it's going for, which is formless and within that finding form patterson embellishes and obviously it's you know 30 years later you know like of a film but it 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 embellishes those things and adds in a way that is great it doesn't feel like there's too much going on it still feels as simple as this movie but there's plenty more layers right yeah i (laughs) i guess one thing i really love about this movie is you know it's so it's so driftless and uh they're just a bunch of hipsters and even eva eva's like she shows up talking in outdated american slang Mm -hmm. and and playing uh i put a spell on you and when uh which is so cool and grimy and awesome when she's called on it she says it's screaming jay hawkins and he's a wild man so bug off and it's like like she's she's got the same i think that's why uh her cousin hates her so much is that she is him. Like, yes. like they're both. Yeah, they're both, no, totally. Like, like, look at him. He's he's living this beatnik lifestyle in 1987. 1980. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, or 84. Yeah. Uh, so he's. It's just you know he's he's a mirror. They're mirrors of each other, and he he hates. <laughs> well, well, and they're out of honestly. Time. Yeah, they're, she's they're better time. at it than him. <laughs> this is very true, and we see that with the their way that they do their betting and yeah. stuff like that. It's very cheap and it's very silly and it's without right. method and so is hers. But she just wears the right hat one day, and right? 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 <laughs> it all right. Works well, out. I, and I don't know. Like it feels like to a certain extent, like she's living that lifestyle in a way that he's not. Yeah. Like he's well, she's like she's like in it. Whereas, like, yeah, he you're totally right. is kind of doing it, but he's also, like, a compulsive gambler and this other stuff that kind right. of, like, breaks down that 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 whole affect that, that she's, yeah. like, just is it. She's like, yeah, I'm this person. Right. right. She has no real ties to that lifestyle or an image. She is just herself. And, and yeah. I love the ending when he ends up being the one going to, back to Budapest. I, and I he meets Budapest so good. Where he actually so goes good. to Budapest. It's wonderful. I, uh, it's so wonderful. I love but, how but yeah. good of a weird surprise ending that whole thing is. Right. <laughs> I just cracked up. It comes when out the of fucking oh, yeah. nowhere. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And not like a movie that does it. And it's like, oh, okay, what are we supposed to think now? This places it in a comedic ending right. that yeah. works for the plot. It works for the movement of the characters. It makes you think about the characters after yeah. the movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it, and it really does function as like a punchline, too, because the movie, you know, talking about uh, Patterson and rhyming couplets, the movie has already done the bookends, right? Mm-hmm. We open with her at the airport and a plane landing, and we 
close with uh, uh, Eddie. Is that the, I'm sorry, the best friend, Eddie. 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 Yeah. We close with Eddie at the airport and the plane taking off. <laughs> yeah. And that would have been the bookend. But then yeah. you see that scene that she's not on that plane. Like, like even if. He was, well, and he Eddie gets the best delivery. Her. That's an ending. But yeah. yeah. And then, yeah, but, yeah like you get Eddie, Eddie just be like, what's he going to do in Budapest or whatever? It's <laughs> right, like so right, good. Right. It's like even Eddie knows that this he done fucked up. Like he's going his way. <laughs> right, yeah. right, right. <laughs> I expected because it held so long after he drives away for the two characters to then pop out there. Like, yeah. oh, just another miscommunication. Right, but right. this is to- no. it's all oh, of yeah. them to just have her back at the hotel. It's, it's And like, you know. She bought that hat, and it got her a lot of money. I don't think she would have left the hat, even if she did go back to Budapest. Uh, but she's got no interest in going back to Budapest either, right? Right. Yeah. Not ultimately. Like, she just, she wants out of the situation she's in immediately, but she doesn't actually want to go back to Budapest. <laughs> um, but, yeah, you talked about it being uh, – the character sort of being outside of time. Um but but the way time functions in this movie is also like like the first ten days. Sure, there's a there's a function to that in that we're told it's ten days. Mm-hmm. But the one year later could have been ten years later. Could have been forty years. I later. had no idea. It, it was it's one a meaningless year later. amount of time. Yeah. Later. Right. right. Yeah. You know, it could have been the next day. It could have been. But those are the details he doesn't yeah. care about. It's right. Willie and Eddie and Ava. It's right. time. It's next year. It's whenever. Right. It's well, later, it's not right. supposed you know, to like, matter, and that's right? The character's lives. Exactly. Right. It's very intentional in its way that it doesn't matter without causing some weird, pretentious hole that you're like supposed to fill as an yeah. audience. It just kind of does what it does. A right. you know, a blank sheet of paper has utility and right. can be anything, and that's kind of what we're looking at here. You know, and they're talking about going to going to Miami, Cape Canal. And then they end up on just some no-name stretch of coast because there's a dog track. It's the same disconnect from time and from distance and from location. Like my favorite, my favorite joke in this movie is one of the subtlest things. Uh, they're talking about Eddie, they're driving, and Eddie's like, "Look at all the snow here. You think we're in Ohio yet?" And he says, "Nah, I think we're still in Pennsylvania." And they pass an exit sign for Willoughby, which is an hour outside of Cleveland. They are almost there, but he has no idea where they are or what they're doing. Uh, <laughs> or when they look at Lake Erie. And it's just, and it's just yeah, white. It's just snow white. It's just white. Right? It's pure white. It's yeah. so good, though. Yeah. It's so good. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's a you lot know, of snow. Huh? You come to someplace new and everything <laughs> yeah, looks They could just have just been same. up against a wall. Like, right. we don't know. Right. Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> but, well, and that's the, those are the sort of things that I think make us use the word when looking at them or thinking about this kind of movie of like hipster or indie because uh you know again wes anderson early on did a lot of that it has no time oh we're gonna cover up the picture of uh the statue statue of liberty so you can't see it because it's a city it's not new york and i like things that can do that because yeah this movie could have been made at any point right uh even i mean chesterfields are probably one of the only things dating it I mean, even the TV and stuff like that is all way older than the era than they're yeah. in. Well, yeah, it's done very on purpose. Like, everything feels out of time, right? Like, all the cars that are driving yeah. around, the buildings, it all looks right. like it could be, like, 1955. Yeah. Those, even the even the TV dinners he eats yes. are, like, 20 years old. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> it could be anything. Yeah, it's just, it's so, it's it's disconnected, and yet it's lived in, right? Mm-hmm. Still, the fact that he never tells Eddie that he's from Hungary, 
that yeah. he's you know all that stuff goes with his you know oh don't speak hungarian to me none of that but when they're at aunt lottie's house i love that all that changes he's the one telling eddie take your hat off and yeah. he's just here in the hungarian he refuses to speak it but he doesn't dismiss it anymore right. he's like eat the soup like keep keep going yeah. I, you know this is the game you have to play and eddie's just thrilled oh, yeah eddie's having a great fucking time right Oh, he he's that's what I love about him. I mean, like I yeah. just imagine him talking I mean, the way that uh, you know, Richard Edson talks to me is like what uh Bobcat Goldwith is trying to like, you know, cartoon. Uh it's just like, oh, I, I don't know, man. Like, you know, I, I just got I got a good feeling about it. You know, yeah. like he's just very unsure and super sure and he's too excited, but he's reserved. Like it's all those things working for him. And yeah, that's why he holds it. John Lurie's amazing. Yeah. Even even uh uh Esther Balint, who I really don't know, and that sucks because seeing her, I feel like I've seen her throughout tons of movies, but I don't really know either of them too well, you know, but R Richard Edson is the star in my mind. He's, right, the, he's right. the most yeah. famous one. <laughs> well, he also uh, just does a lot. Of, like, I mean, he's without him in the movie, the interplay between Ava is, and, and like, and, um, well, well, it's our main character. Willie. Willie is not. Willie. Willie. Yes. It doesn't have the dynamic. Like when they're in the room together without Eddie, it's fine, but like the tension's almost too angry. Oh yeah, oh, and, and that's on purpose. But like, you couldn't watch an entire movie of that; it would be kind of horrible, right? You would get real right. tired the of it. The satisfaction we get from that happening is uh, twofold. Number one, when she leaves, uh, we see him feeling that hole and, and missing her immediately. Mm -hmm. But uh, the the climax of their kind of or I guess manifestation of their interplay is them watching the TV and the scenes of it just clipping back yeah. and forth between them just sitting there right. and what's on the TV and then he's asleep and then he yells at her for answering the phone. You know, like all of it's yeah. just way that whole segment is, is right. their relationship. And right. she, uh, she gets into his lifestyle very easily. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. She, she, but she's not, like she leaves and she gets mad when they leave her alone at the hotel. Yeah. And she walks out and she obviously leaves the apartment while they're still in New York. But she's like she's not interested in going to the Statue of Liberty either. Like this is Right. 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 America's America as far as she's concerned too. You know, wherever But she's, she's also not interested in the bullshit that they want to do really either. Oh, right? right. Like, right. She's like no, she has no doesn't want to go to the dog track. Doesn't want to go to the dog track. Has no interest in American football. And then he can't even describe what happens to the what happens to the quarterback when they're on uh, defense. Like all he's got to say is is he leaves the field. So yeah, he doesn't play. I didn't know this. I didn't know this fact yeah. until watching this movie last night. Yeah, I did not know that a quarterback just went away. Yeah. So I had to like pause the movie and work it out with Casey because she's like, right, they're just not on the field. I'm like. Well, what happens during an interception? It's not like they just walk <laughs> off the field. Like, so there is a point in time where they are playing defense yeah. until that down, until the whistle blows. Like, well, then they run away. And then they just leave the field? Like, that's the weirdest thing. Oh, I mean, I get like baseball get wrong. has a football an insane like, like, sport. Okay? Yeah. You're not wrong. She's right people that. are wrong about this. It's insane. <laughs> it's like the only but game where you're like, whoa, 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 yeah. everybody stop having fun. 
We need to change everything <laughs> on the field. We have to arrange things. Yeah, like, everything has like, to be rearranged. It's war. Right. It's it's war, and that's that's the whole George Carlin thing, which I love that he that, uh, Willie is even like, you know, he's like the general. You know, George Carlin <laughs> compares football to, you know, yeah. war and baseball to just being safe at home, and it, yeah. it kind of drives that, that point a little bit. Ah, you wouldn't get it. You're just a woman. Ah, It's got a general. (laughs) He's just trying to explain this. And I I don't like his, um, you know, super uh, masculine, dominant attitude. He's very dismissive of her um, in general. But he's just not interested in anybody or anything. Right, right. Well, and I think it's it's hard to tell in this one circumstance about that because it's also you get the impression that, like, it's hard to separate masculinity from just how much it annoys him to be confronted by who he is. Right. To- like and his she's history, from his hungry. past, she's about what family. his life yep. is. Right. To be just directly yeah, confronted with it, it's earlier. hard to tell that's... if he's angry about that or is just kind of being a masculine I jerk. Th- I think he's just angry about that. Yeah, yeah but then he gets her a really reason. nice dress. Yeah, that she hates. <laughs> that she hates. Right, because that's super <laughs> Which, patronizing, right? Yeah. Like, I bought you this pretty dress. Yeah. Right. That's, that's fair. But then again, that could also be him trying to fix, sort of fix yeah. himself, right? Like, it's like, In a I don't want you to be me how. anymore, please. Right, right. <laughs> I've seen too much of myself in you. Please be different. And the reaction would be, no, I'm not going to do what you're telling right, me. Exactly. Right, exactly. Same as if she bought him something nice, right? Like, no. Right, Absolutely. Yeah, and he's also, you know, he's kind of trying to return the favor because, like, she stole the the cigarettes and the the, and the TV dinner for him. But you know, he's he he doesn't really understand how to relate to other people, and that's you know, defining characteristic because <laughs> right. he's, he's putting on this affectation, right? You know, he's trying to hide who he is, and he's got one friend because he's trying to hide who he is, and you know, at least at least in. Uh, at least in Cleveland, he's relating to more than one person. That's, yes. that's that's part of the plot of the movie. Is they got to introduce other people while they're in Cleveland. Otherwise, what's the point of being in Cleveland? But, <laughs> right. but also, you know, they could have just been the three of them in Cleveland and literally no one else, and that would feed into what this movie's trying to say anyway. So yeah, it's it's funny that it's a road trip movie without yeah. much interaction, right? With anything, and even the road shots, I love because they're just from the back seat yeah, or you just know in the car. But um. Something that really struck me is a real-life thing that happened to Adam happens in this movie. Uh, and the guy does it as a joke. And it is just kind of, be you know, Willie just being like, hey, which way's Cleveland? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, Jonathan, Jonathan makes reference. I don't think I've talked about it on the podcast before. But one night I was out with our, our friend Amanda Morant. She's been on uh, at least one episode before. Uh, and... Uh, and we uh, we were at a bar real late, and she lived basically right across the street from the bar. But it was down in downtown Columbus, and she had, she was living down here at the time, and, and had a nice little apartment downtown. So we're at the bar, and and we closed out at the bar at like two a.m. And I walked her back to her apartment because uh, that's where my bike was. Uh, grab that and go home. And I had thirty six dollars on me in cash, and the bill ended up being a little above that, so I didn't pay cash for the bill. Uh, in my current situation, I don't get tipped in cash, so I very rarely have cash, but I happen to had a big table decided to tip in cash, so I have $36 on me. And uh, and we walk out the door, and some guy says, uh, hey, can I get 20 bucks? Get a, get a place to stay tonight? And I'm like, you know what? Yeah, sure. 
I got the money. Uh, give him the money. Get a little down. I just like uh, just somebody says, uh, "Can I get can I get like ten bucks, man? I just I want to get something to eat." I go, "All right, I give him ten bucks." We get to the corner. The guy says, "Can I get? I want to get something to eat, man. Can I get? You got like five bucks? I can get something to eat." Give him the money. Get across the street. Guy walks up. He says, "Hey, man, I just I need bus fare. Get home tonight. Do you, do you have the just just have a dollar?" I give, I give him the dollar. I'm out of money now, right? Twenty a five, a twenty a ten, a five, and a one. I've given all my money away. Sub- subsequently, even, uh, and I get her to her door, and a guy walks up to me. He says, "He says, hey man, hey man, I, so I don't want any money or anything." But my buddy, my buddy said there was a job up here. There's no job up here. I just want to go home. I need directions. You tell me which way is Tennessee. <laughs> <laughs> And we're standing in downtown Columbus, Ohio. So I point south. <laughs> I say, it's at, it's that way, man. But you're going to want to hit a bridge. So you, you need to go a little bit that way. And point a little a little south southwest for him. Uh, <laughs> which way's Tennessee? Yeah. We, we, hey, we, which way's Cleveland? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, the guy's like, just leave me alone. Like, <laughs> and like at that point, at that point, they're probably in Cleveland. Like yeah. just the way the way things have gone. No, no, they're like down the street from the place that they just hustled the money from. Are they, are, they just before? got the hat. Yeah, they, they just got just, the car. Yeah, it and just that, happened. Yeah. Is that before they leave? They're in New York yeah, or New Jersey. Yeah, still, it's like it's says, like they just hey, left their house. Hey, Cleveland. Yeah, you walk you walk like, ten feet from your house and be like, hey, dude, can you yeah. tell me how to get to Cleveland? Like, yeah. Go, hey, go buy a fucking map, man. Yeah, go buy a map. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot more complex yeah, than that. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that is great. And then that guy, that guy, I love that guy too, because he's just like uh, I, the guy that works in the factory. Yeah, yeah, he's just a factory worker. I'm waiting on the bus. Shut up. Just leave me alone. <laughs> yeah, just leave me alone. <laughs> Richard Bose as factory yeah. worker. Yeah, and then uh, <laughs> and then Eddie wants to like give him a ride. It's like, yeah, I know. Oh, we, gotta, we should do something for him. Uh, Eddie's such a such a good soul, uh, yep. even with his crippling addiction to dog races <laughs> and bad horse bets. Uh, well, they make very good horse bets at the end. Oh, they make good horse, which is why they usually I, make mediocre horse bets, yes. just enough to get by. But then the the dog bets, they really go south on. They go south, and then they do the the horse uh, betting, and it's when they come because they're they get in such a huge fight with Ava and like all that and they just leave again yeah which again total disregard for her then she right. leaves and they come back and I love just like when they're singing and have the whiskey bottle and then like open the door and you don't see them and then both of their heads peek around the door <laughs> again it's just these two like people they they should exist in a movie well before or well after this period of right, time right 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 they're just they're, they're a couple of vaudeville characters really right. yeah uh yeah I love them I love them. I love it. There's so much of this movie that I love. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I really there? do want to know the answer to what is he going to do in Budapest? Like, more than <laughs> well, anything in the uh, world, I want to know what that was like. Assuming he has the money to turn around. I I think the most the, – the, the weirdest part about him ending – did he take his passport to Cleveland? Is that? I don't, like, I don't know. How it posits a, a world that Budapest. never existed, where you could just fall. I yeah. guess maybe he just gets thrown on a plane, back on a plane. Like, why know. did he get if, on the? Uh, I, I what's that? What's that Dave Barry movie? Uh, Big Trouble. Big Trouble. If Big Trouble's any indication, the uh, 
the airport attendants in Florida are pretty lax. Uh, <laughs> right. You just you give them you give them an extra twenty, and uh, and you get on the plane, no passport required, <laughs> under the name John Doe. You'll be fine. But, but, but the uh, thing about it is, his... okay, go ahead. No, you go ahead. You no, go ahead. he's still gonna land in Budapest, and they're gonna be like, uh, what do we do with this guy? Yeah. What's he going to do in Budapest? He's going to live the same life he's lived. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. But he's not going to get into Budapest. So he's going to get thrown on a plane and immediately come home, right? Deported. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. You can't just show up. No passport <laughs> in Budapest. Yeah. <laughs> Presumably. Maybe he yeah, has. Maybe, his maybe he can. Maybe, maybe he it's can. the maybe only ID he carries way in. is his passport. Yeah. Yeah, he's definitely shown signs of being able to sweet talk people. That's well, he doesn't show signs of having a passport either. That's fair. That's fair. They somehow do get involved with that poker game, so maybe he can sweet talk people. Maybe, yeah. Well, yeah, and we never get the backstory on that. We're just there, and then they they cheat him out of uh, cheat them all out of that money. I love the the poker player, you know, yelling and his friends whose home it is, yeah. you know, it's on one of their homes. Like he's just like you didn't even back me up. Like you let these guys into your house. Like what are you doing? None of the other guys care. They like, don't care at all. But but also, you know, it'd be a di- very different movie if they did care. Like none of these people care care. There isn't conflict in yeah. These Jim Jarmusch movies that yeah. I've seen. There's no <laughs> the most conflict is inward least, and you don't really know. At least Down by Law that. has some amount of external conflict, but this one this one doesn't. Patterson doesn't. Uh, and again, that's what I'm familiar with. Pres- presumably, The Dead Don't Die has external conflict. I would assume that does. Uh, but, but wouldn't it be amazing if it didn't? <laughs> An ennui zombie movie? Yes. Yeah, I guess that's it, exactly I mean, what I'm talking about. That sounds amazing. Isn't isn't zombie? Uh, <laughs> I mean, in a lot of ways, the Royal Tenenbaums is an ennui zombie movie. So. No, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you know. Then they talk about they talk about going to going to Cleveland. It's just uh, just wants to get out of here, see something different. I'm sorry, see something different. Cause something you, got, you gotta you gotta do those accents right, you know. Uh, so it's it's just it's you know it's we know people who are willy right <laughs> we, yeah we well know exactly dozens yeah of people oh, yeah. who are willy <laughs> and that's what's interesting about it is that like we you these are not people that you would honestly if you were not acquainted with these kinds of people would believe exist yeah right right you know what but i mean like if you were exist. an outsider <laughs> looking at this you'd be like nobody's like this this person doesn't yeah. exist except for like no we know these people <laughs> I mean, I don't. I know people who I would not be surprised if I found out that they accidentally flew to Budapest. Well, the Budapest <laughs> thing is a joke at the end, right? Like it's it it is an right, exaggeration but, of this. Whereas the other stuff is not. Where they think they're doing a good thing and they're making this big show to apologize for how they've been acting, and then they just end up in Europe, right? By accident. <laughs> But, like, you know, we talked about this in the last episode, like, where you talk about jokes that sort of have a real long build and then, like, a kind of stupid but payoff, but that's so funny because it's so stupid. Yeah. This is kind of that way, but, like, the the front is not a build to this joke. It's just a kind of nonsensical joke at the end to kind of, like, 
pick up the audience at the end, right? Because it's right. like to end the narrative. Right? Yeah, that that works with the characters involved. Right. Yeah. Right. And then, but it, it like the part about going to to Budapest is is ridiculous. Like it it just right. and you know we easily as the audience dissect it and say like this is ridiculous. Yeah, uh, it's an outlandish ending for a movie that thus far hasn't been. Exactly. Too outlandish or too right. far outside of reality. Yeah, nothing right. really happens in this movie that's beyond reality yeah. otherwise, right? Like we've known we know people who would just decide to go visit Cleveland. Right. Like yes. that's a thing. And like Cleveland is maybe a bad York, choice, right? but like, you know, we know those people. Well, it is, but it's the choice of people who really have no connection or right. just need a change. Um mm-hmm. but Something that Jarmusch has done for me in, in the two movies I've seen of his uh, are uh, they can be boring and they can be sleepy and they can be all those things, but only when he wants them to be that way. Because in this movie, of course, there are a lot of moments that are very still, but they're not boring. But there yeah. is a scene that is specifically set up to make you feel like you watch it, and I'm sure people probably do maybe don't like this about it when they're going to bed in the motel and arguing over who gets the cot and you know she's laying down first and there you feel tired you yeah. feel exhausted casey and i both like slumped yeah. down slowly and i was like <laughs> i want to go to bed i don't even want to finish this movie that is pulling an emotional response yeah. from the audience and conveying exactly what the characters yeah. are feeling in a way i i don't think i've ever really seen in a movie um until this or or right. anything else I've seen him do. So there are so many great parts of that individual scene too. It's just them going to the bed, you know, the the conveyance of how tired they are from this drive and how annoyed uh Ava is at the whole situation already and she's like, "Well, I get the bed." And then his discovery of the second bed. <laughs> right pulling He it pulls out it slowly. out and just like, "Oh, yeah." <laughs> and jumps on that before before Eddie gets out of the bathroom so that Eddie comes out and he's got to sleep on the cot. And Eddie, then Eddie who drove, saying, by sleep. the way. <laughs> yeah, I don't want right. to sleep on the cot. <laughs> and then the scene ends, right? And next morning, you know, Eddie slept on the cot. But but yeah, it's it's phenomenal. And Eddie's got a little thing for Ava, but there's no there's no like sexual tension in this movie at all. Not whatsoever. Movie. Yeah. And 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 you know Eddie, Eddie's as uh, Ava's as into Ellie Eddie as she is into Billy, like like, like <laughs> right, yeah, like the yeah. guy who's who's set up as her boyfriend. Uh, they're going on this movie date, and she's getting an argument with with Aunt Lottie about about leaving the house with this kid, and then uh, and then like she's into the movie, doesn't care that he's separated from her. He does. And then he gets out of the car. He's like, hey, you want to walk me to the, in my door? And she's like, I guess. <laughs> yeah, like, whatever. Like, yeah. 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 Like, she's, you know, everybody's emotional relationships are, are just barely there, but in a very realistic way for the yeah, characters exactly. they are. Totally. And, and Lottie is... And Lottie is the emotional heart of that entire group of people. Yep. <laughs> and that she's the only one who reacts. Oh, uh, I am the winner. I am the winner. I am the yeah. winner. Watching son her play cards is the beach. best scene. In the, yeah. I, like, that is my yeah. favorite scene in the movie. Because it's like, I always win. Yeah. I am, the I am winner. a winner. Yeah. <laughs> it's they like, need to oh, take Aunt Lottie back to, that, back to that poker hole. You know? Take her to get her into New York. You actually yeah. make some money. 
<laughs> right, because she has a poker face. Yeah. It literally doesn't <laughs> yeah. change whether she's happy or sad. And a, and a poker voice. <laughs> she's got a poker life. <laughs> Living that poker life. <laughs> Living that poker life. Look at that the, house. Poker house. In the house. Cleveland suburbs. Uh, out here. Out here in Parma, living her poker life. <laughs> very, very similar. Yeah. Ah, uh, man. <laughs> I love Aunt Lottie. She's wonderful. Uh, and the, the... I actually, uh, John and I were talking last night, and we were talking about Fishing with John, and I could not remember who was in the first episode of Fishing with John. And I had just watched this movie yesterday morning. It's Jim Jarmusch. I saw him in this movie. He's in <laughs> yeah. the hot dog scene, wearing a beanie, eating a hot dog. Uh, but but I, I could picture his face. I could picture his hair. I could not think of his name and did not even mentally make the connection that the guy in the first episode of Fishing with John directed the movie we're talking about <laughs> right now. Like, I couldn't... There was no description of him. I, like, ah, he's got one of those alliteration names. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's, yeah. it's right there. He's directed a bunch of movies. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Probably with John Laurie in it. Probably. Yeah, they're friends. They're friends. <laughs> But we're talking about that, actually, because that scene, we didn't say this during the Fishing with John episode. Uh, it may not have even happened in, during the Fishing with John episode. Wait, you had yet. a Fishing with John episode? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. This was years ago. When I made oh you watch God, that Oh, my God. It was so it, long ago. I don't even remember we had watched anything. it for. Fishing with John is part of Criterion Collection. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God! Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That's great. It's very early on. I like, mean, there's like there's a couple other TV right? series now that we watched, but uh, but yeah, uh, but yeah, it's just it's uh, we were talking about it because uh, a clip from that episode is like used in a SpongeBob SquarePants episode. <laughs> like like SpongeBob like breaks the surface uh, to observe these fishermen. Oh and it's yeah. Just Jarmusch and John Laurie on the boat uh, during the first episode of Fishing with John. <laughs> Uh, it's very silly. Um, we already uh, we kind of mentioned it, but uh, Lurie does the soundtrack for this as well, mm-hmm. in sort of a a, a Deverick style uh, string thing going on for most of it. Yeah, it's uh, it's very nice and very uh, it it works very well. I think particularly for the Florida scenes, um, the uh, the scene with the drug the drug dealer. Uh, oh my gosh so fun though and that's that again is one of those things that he does where he uh, jarmusch tends to do things again that fall against that ennui they they contrast the feel of the characters it's like no these characters are like this in a world that is you know however it wants to be right you know and that (laughs) guy coming up and just being like i'm just sick of this like just take the money just Tell them I'm done. Yeah. Like, yeah. okay, bye. And then the woman with the exact same hat, who comes up quick enough that she had to have seen the exchange. Right. Oh yeah, for sure. We saw a woman who who's dressed exactly like you walk away. Which is again that that keeping the frame in yeah. one spot. Oh yeah. It is like uh, it's like watching a play. There's a there's a um, oh yeah, an actual you know partition what what is that called proscenium proscenium. yeah Yeah. absolutely a proscenium that so the the audience can't see who's coming up next you know so it seems like a change in time but it's a movie it's in real time there's no we we have no passing of time other than black and that didn't happen here so right Right. now there is enough of a blank screen that i guess we could argue there's a longer passage of time if we wanted but there's not you know she walks off the other lady walks on and it's funnier that way. It is exactly <laughs> funnier right. that way. Right. Yeah, I mean, everybody is still within talking range of the woman who walks up. Right. Like, everybody, she <laughs> right. could just be like, hey, come back here. 
Right. But she doesn't. <laughs> but she doesn't. No, because Ava needs to have all that money. Because it's Florida. You've seen any movie based in Florida in the last tw- 10 years. <laughs> you know. That's just how Florida is. That's, that yeah. is Florida. Somebody will just, I just get a big bag of money. $5,000. It's, uh, it happens. And, I mean, he probably won't even be killed and dropped in. Uh, <laughs> uh, alligator infested in yeah, waters. Yeah. <laughs> Are there alligators in Florida? <laughs> Choking the alligator. That thing. <laughs> that was such a great. It's just he's just he's just messing with her at yeah. that point. Oh no no yeah. no! See, in America, we well, call no. that choking the alligator. But for me, like that was one of the joke. most upsetting things in the movie. That was my least favorite part. Because I'm so because deeply deeply affected by people lying to other people about how to speak a language. <laughs> yeah, but like it hits me so deeply in my core. I'm like, you're like you're this a guy monster. is just a son of a bitch, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just I was like, I will hunt now. you down and kill you for this. Why are you doing this yeah. to her? You will ruin whole chunks of her life going forward. Yeah. It's it's it is very much a personal thing and it's not making a bad movie. It is just a thing that I'm like, oh my god, no, you fucking but that monster. Is, that's a really irritating yeah, that's an irritating thing to see happen to somebody. So it's a good thing that he doesn't continue doing it. No, that. yeah, I'm <laughs> glad it didn't become a running gag in the movie. I would have died. If it had become a running gag, I would have been like, I'm done with this movie. This is yeah. not the fact that I, it only I am does a little like disappointed. Right. There's no, there's no, she never tells anyone yeah, else. Yeah, there's she no never comes back up. Yeah. But I kind of like you know, it. She definitely. asks about the alligators later, but. Well, Pat, definitely. I like it yeah. that way as well. Yeah. But the idea that there's again, like jokes set up that just movies. don't mean anything. That are just like. Right. Because like you don't get to see the yeah, payoff of a joke like that. You don't teach somebody some <laughs> bullshit thing and then like, oh, well, they're going to say it all the time. Like, right. right, that might be the last time you see that person, right. or yeah. you know, like, or alternatively, she knows you're bullshitting you, her. You know what right. I mean? Right. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's obviously that's, that's bullshit. That's really what I think it is. And she's just yeah. playing along because she thinks it's funny to let you think that you won this little bullshit right. game. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's great. Uh, this movie was hugely influential when it came out. The, the sort of low budget. Even low budget black and white, you know, you can see the the effect of this on clerks, which is just people hanging yes. out and, and, yeah. and doing nothing really. No, no, clerks is a little more of a plot structure, I suppose, yes. ultimately, but uh, but not for most of it. <laughs> uh, you know, but but other other independent films uh, of its feel, uh, you know, Slacker I think is influenced by this too. Oh yeah, for uh, sure. Slacker. Totally. Slacker's a little more dedicated to its uh, single take structure, but but in the same way, like like Slacker could not te- technologically a feature length single take uh, is harder to do before digital, right? Yeah, Slacker right. exists in the same way. This you know this this isn't meant to be a single take, but every individual set is a single take, right. and Slacker does that same sort of thing. Each individual set is a single take, and and those sets are strung together in the same way. Um, is this Slacker movie's... also black and white? No, Slacker is no. in color. I okay, I, but it shares a lot a of DNA time... with this movie. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was having a hard time coming up with a feel of a movie I've seen like this that wasn't black and white, showing me how much not only color black and white affects me, 
but also may affect how you make a movie. Yeah. And, you know, because I was even thinking of like Francis Ha, which is a Noah Baumbach movie, and I've talked about that, and it's one of my favorite movies. And not that these movies are similar at all, but there are just these moments that sit in the kind of quiet static of the footage itself um, between those two films that I'm like, and I did want to use the clerk. Clerks comparison too. Yeah. It's a movie colored with static and by its shots um less than again transitions or yeah. um trying to make the movie flow. It's just these like segmented pieces of stillness. Yeah. And and Clerks isn't still by any means unless two people are talking and then it can be very still. Right. You know, and then but, the camera never moves and it's just set up down the aisle from right. you know, where they're at. But yeah, that low budget kind of idea. Uh, black and white goes along with that unless you're making a period piece you know like obviously like the artist or you know a movie like that that's black and white just for looks but when you decide to say i'm gonna make this movie black and white even even the man who wasn't there which is one of the greatest black and white movies ever filmed was filmed in color entirely and then was turned black and white and so again they didn't it didn't have the same eye that a actual black and white movie had. Again, it has better, but it doesn't have that low budget stillness right, to it. Right. right. Yeah. Well, and that's an interesting thing about this is that, like, I think one of the reasons, that, the things that makes this so successful for like its influence on future films, is that like you look at this movie, and it see it's deceptively simple. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. none of the things that are happening in this movie are actually that simple. Right. Shooting in pure black and white is hard. Is a hard job to do. But, like, you look at it and you say, I could do this. Like, a million people <laughs> watched this movie and said, I could do that. And a lot yeah. of them tried. And dozens and most of, of them, them failed. Did. Right. But yeah. some of them succeeded. But, so, but a handful of them did succeed. So, yeah. you know. Are there any direct influences you would say from this movie? Because, like mean, I'm saying, I'm having a hard time, but. Listen, Other than Slacker. like uh, Yeah, I mean, Slacker is my go to for this because it feels <sighs> so think, the same. It's. I think Clerks is up there too. I just I, I, things you know in the we're talking in eighty four release on this, mm-hmm. um, which is the same year as uh, Terminator, correct? Yeah, yeah. yeah, like let's contrast a couple movies here. Yeah, right. well, you yeah. Know? <laughs> um, you know, Terminator would have been better if it were black and white. Uh, Terminator. Terminator is actually a like really this. good movie. Yeah, <laughs> like, no, but still, but it's just also the hyped opposite. I mean. Right. Yeah, I just like the idea you know, of the Terminator being in this movie. <laughs> Evil T one thousand. Let's How even break it out further. Yeah, yeah, specifically. Yes, yeah. Goop comes what down a, the road, just walking around, movie. doing stuff, doing his own thing in the background or whatever. Pat, what about this movie tells you it's not in the Terminator universe? No, nothing. I don't. I I think it probably is. Somewhere right. in this movie, they're chasing John Connor, and that's happening. Yeah. It's just it's, it's happening just in, in California, state, right? Now. Right, yeah. It's, it's somewhere. And what else? do they care about California? They're in New York. Yeah, they don't even really there. have a radio. They listen right. to the same tape of the same song, right. right? And then some of the soundtrack is on that tape, I guess. Yeah. Cause she stops it and flips it over and doesn't play it <laughs> yeah. anymore. So yeah. after the music stops. But yeah, okay. So this is <laughs> officially Stranger Than Paradise is part of the Terminator <laughs> canon. Yeah, yeah, the Terminator verse. Yeah, yes, totally. Yeah. Uh. Great. But yeah, I think I think what what Pat said as far as as far as influence is a lot of people saw this movie and thought, 
I can make a movie. Yeah, right? well, it, it looks like something you'd make on a 16mm yeah. and just it's go like, out and shoot, or an 8mm even. It's like that... Uh, that that quote about the Velvet Underground's first album or whatever, you know, you know, only fifteen people bought it, but everyone who bought it, <laughs> you know, started, started a, band. a band. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Just the way this came out, eighty four in New York. I'm betting not a lot of people initially saw it, but everyone who initially saw it, well, said, like won a bunch of stuff at Cannes yeah. and. But it know. did, it did, it did win uh, the Palme d'Or, I believe, I believe at Cannes. Uh, I wanted to call it the Nom Diplôme. It's definitely not the name of the award. Might as well be. Um, or Camera Door, it won. Um, which is an award for debut films. It won the Golden Leopard uh, at uh, Locarno International. It but won the did Grand it Prix win the Belgian Golden Film. Monkey? It did not. Uh, special Jury Prize at Sundance. Uh the National Society of Film Critics awarded Best Picture in 85. Yes, yes. Uh, but yeah. Uh, it won the uh, Niama Junpo Award for Best Foreign Language Film in 87. I have no idea where that award is based. Uh, I'm but sure I love it that it won it, Best Foreign Language Film. Um, uh, it's a. Why I can't pronounce that right is actually because it's a, mis- a, a, a typo on the Wikipedia article. Uh, Kaneo Jumpo is a Japanese cinema magazine. <laughs> oh, that would explain a lot. I was yeah. like, what are you talking yeah. about? Uh, it's it's K-N-I-E-M-A is how it was spelled on Wikipedia, which is why I had no idea what to do with that right. because that those letters don't make sense in a non-English It's the Kaneo. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> but, but Kinema Jumpo makes much more sense as a Japanese film. Uh, magazine uh, won their best foreign language film, uh, but yeah, it's uh, it <laughs> it made two and a half million dollars on a hundred thousand dollar budget. So. Wow! <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's and really maybe it is because this feels like a movie that would have been made in the nineties, and and that shows us how influential it is. Right. You know, like um, the fact that it it was a big deal whereas we've seen a bunch of movies that have been influenced by other movies that have been influenced by this right and it was such a saturated market i mean it just feels kind of like that mtv who cares yeah. this movie is, like you said driftless right. you know this movie this movie Wanderlust. is like the b-52s like the fact that they were doing what they were doing when they were doing it right is bewildering to me because it seems like it should have been 10 years it later. should have been yeah exactly yeah. right yeah <clears throat> yeah um I just love that I put a spell on you is like three quarters of this soundtrack. soundtrack. Oh yeah. yeah. And the same recording from the tape. Um, and I, I hate that Willie hates it. I don't understand why he would. I have to assume it's because John Lurie actually loves it so much. Um, maybe, but, uh, that would make sense. <laughs> so his character has to deny it. Yeah. And again, Eddie's just happy as can be. Well, And again, I think part of that is, is that, that, that character, Eddie, or not Eddie, sorry, Willie, doesn't like that she's cooler than him. <laughs> like, for real. You're like, totally even right. though he's trying to play it real cool, he's bothered in part because she is just better at being cool than he is. She's naturally the way he is. Yeah, she's just, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that, that song is part of that. She's yeah. just You're totally right. It. Yeah. Like, yeah. 
and it's not like during a time when the, there was a big revolution in soul music or something. Right. Again, 10 to 15 years later, yes, right. that would be the coolest yeah, thing you could do. She's just a uh, his cousin shows up from Hungary and is already cooler American than he is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know, like six years prior. The Blues Brothers were trying to trying to do something with a revamp of soul music but in 78. Listen, but listen to what that kind of soul music sounds like compared to the the distorted, oh, yeah. you know, no, I get guttural you. sound yeah. that I originally was. You know, that's the reason why I, I shied away from a lot of that kind of music from the late 70s, early 80s is because it has all the guts taken out of it. Yeah. And now I appreciate that gutslessness. Uh, <laughs> there's something about that that's cool, too. So Right. <laughs> We're all making full circle. I mean, again, uh, in 20 years, Jim Charmouche could make a movie where the main character comes from, I don't know, another country and is listening to Susu Studio. So that's fine. I can do that. I, I'm on board for that, frankly. I'm here for it. <laughs> I am here for that. Somebody carrying around a, or, or instead of a tape player, they're carrying around like one of those uh, brush tunes. You know, like, and it has like a Britney Spears song on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Keep listening I was imagining a reel to reel, personally, just strapped to somebody's back. But yeah, <laughs> I'm I'm thinking more like mid '90s, early 2000s, really bad kids like playable things like the cartridges. Oh yeah, that would that be would good. Yeah, you're right. That would be good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, there you go. Just a I think CD, we probably a, head, this... a, a Walkman that skips all the fucking time. There you go. There you go. The CD. The Discman. Disc yeah. yeah, yeah. This early Before Discman. it had uh, d uh, skip protection on it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think we could uh, probably pull this one to a close if we wanted, fellas. Uh, though, you know, I'm happy to just keep talking about this movie, too. It's a real fun movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I'm sure that from our rambling and stopping and starting again, you'll be able to pull together an episode. But... Probably. Probably. We'll have to play a uh, few couple seconds of blank space between every oh every could you set. please no i'm not going to no you I need to style i can't do it it's <laughs> bad it's bad radio man it's bad radio no they even uh somebody notes how it's the same as samuel beckett's pauses <laughs> well what they i make us look more yeah. intently as beckett makes us listen more well intently. especially uh, especially if adam goes full jaramush on this and like actually makes it pure silence if it's just two seconds of the most unnerving thing a person could ever hear. I was going to say, it actually sound. would take away the threshold of human hearing from the listener somehow. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. Oh. Like, somehow you create some sort of noise dampening in the earphone so they can't hear anything. So, what you could do is you could reverse the phase on whatever noise is naturally happening, like a noise-canceling headphone. Right. And so, whatever noise is happening well, goes away. Yeah, get on Whether that, or not I... Whether or not I choose to do that, it is at this point in the uh, episode where I would be apologizing. So I apologize if you have experienced that, and I apologize if you wish you had experienced that. Uh, but I'm not. Generally, I'd like to apologize to everyone I did. Whichever one I did. Ah, uh, man. This week we've been talking about Stranger Than Paradise, uh, Jim Jarmusch's 1984 film. Uh, next week. Uh, We'll actually be talking about another Jarmish movie, uh, Night on Earth from 1991. Uh, Jonathan, if you like, you could join us for that too. But uh, I mean, it would even if I can't join, I'm probably going to watch it yeah. when you guys do because I'm now on board. Yeah, have at it. Perfect. But yeah, this has been this has been spine number 400. It's been wow. Uh, uh, 
Do you remember the other hundred level spines, Pat? Uh, well, I remember one of them. What? Well, no, because that was ep- that was supposed to be episode. Well, spine one hundred. Uh-huh. Uh, spine one hundred was the Beastie Boys video anthology. Yes, I will never forget that. That is true. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which somehow also managed to be our episode one. Which is which uh, is kind of perfect. The Beastie Boys. I yeah. own that, and I will treasure it. I will pass it on to my children. In a will. There you go. And I die. Uh, <laughs> in a week. <laughs> yeah, two weeks from now. Spine 200 was a little disappointing. It was the Honeymoon Killers. Oh, yeah, uh, that was which not. Which is a movie I wouldn't be surprised movie. if you do not remember. I remember uh, it, unfortunately. Yeah. Spine 300, I'm pretty sure, yes, was the Life Aquatic. Yeah, I remember that. Uh, I just nice. wasn't sure if that's actually yeah. Spine. We called it Episode 300, but it was probably well, not it was, Episode 300. It was actually Spine 300. It was not actually Episode 300. Yeah. I was probably episode like 295 at that point. Uh, but yeah, now Spine 400. Uh, wow. And we're very happy to have you on, Jonathan, to celebrate that. Uh, I wish I had some little poppers or something we could also do bad radio with. Uh, <laughs> Hurt what? some people like, uh, auditorily. Little, uh, like the little Boo! explode things. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, do bad radio? Yeah. Does that mean uh, things that people are supposed to see but they yeah, can't? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I was hoping you meant like Foley, like, like yeah. just a bunch of like... Uh, coconut shells, like doing. Oh, see, I was I was assuming it was going to be like morning zoo radio, where suddenly a bunch of oh fish. yeah, turn it up, and rip the knob off. <laughs> <laughs> Coming to you live uh, from. Yeah, that's here's an here's an interesting note for Spine Five Hundred, Pat. Yeah. Uh, for some reason, Spine Five Hundred is a box set of Roberto Rossellini's War Trilogy. But here's a thing for the criterion numbering and why our why our episode numbers will never ever again match the spine number. Spine 500 is a box set that contains spines 497, 498 and 499. It is the only time I know of where the box set contains the films prior to it instead of the box set having its own number. The criterion collection the is managed by it. possibly people who hate us there is no consistency in numbering here it's like they found out that we're doing this and have been actively trying to <laughs> yeah working against this since. yeah yeah so i i do uh, have the sound player thing open so i can make some stuff happen like this <laughs> oh good or i don't know what that was meant to be I like that a lot. The, the horn really, fanfare is really great. I hope you guys are still yeah. recording this. No, we, well, I, we this is the best are, one. It's great. We'll find out if we cut it. <laughs> <laughs> Pat, Pat, the fact that it is so much louder than anything else you've done on our end. Yeah, it's uh, a gift, really. Oh, man. I have, I have a couple. I don't, I don't know if that's showing up in my recording. Oh, it's showing up in my recording. It better be. Uh, I'm pretty sure. I've got, got that. I've got this sound effect, Pat. What do you feel about that? Oh, it's pretty How good. It's pretty good. How about Pat, this? You Pat, guys were uh, were every uh, every movie trailer from the last fifteen years now. It's called movie horn. Yeah. Oh, nice. Uh, there's. Oh, hold on. <laughs> How about this? In a uh, world there's where... also sad. Oh, sweet. Oh, sad trombone. I've got that. That's beautiful. It's a um, sad trombone. Yeah. How about this? You guys tell me. Uh, what what spine numbers haven't I mean like aren't there yet like how how high have they gotten in spine numbers? Uh, they are over a thousand. They're now. over a thousand. Okay, yeah. so what I I just want to hear these uh, hundred even hundred number uh, 
titles all the way down. Uh, starting at now and then moving. So up. so I just said five hundred. Okay. This is four hundred. I just said five hundred. Okay. Uh, Six hundred is uh, Anatomy of a Murder. <laughs> Preminger. <laughs> okay. Nice gong. Thanks. That was a great gong for that. You're okay. Welcome. Anatomy of a Murder. Yeah. Uh, plot of the film is uh, three anatomy students um, go on a shopping spree that goes awry. All right. All right. right. Uh, This game is about to come to a screeching halt. Uh, Number 700 is Fantastic Mr. Fox. (laughs) Fantastic Mr. Fox, a movie about Michael J. Fox and his best friend, Mr. Fantastic. Uh And they go on a shopping spree that (laughs) goes awry. Uh, Number 800 is The Graduate. Okay, The Graduate. (laughs) It's about a high school dropout who uh, goes on a shopping spree. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it actually becomes and buys a murderer. A loaf of rye. Uh, <laughs> number nine hundred and number one thousand are both near and dear to my heart because they are, are they the ridiculous for a, what we're going to have to do. Okay. Number nine hundred is one hundred years of Olympic films, nineteen twelve oh to two thousand twelve. It is, uh, I believe, forty six hours of material. I am. This will be an episode the, uh, by the time we get to that. <laughs> yeah. Pat and Adam Personally. will be going on a shopping spree. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It uh, will go awry. <laughs> and, oh, and number 1,000 uh, released uh, uh, just this past fall, if I remember correctly, uh, the Godzilla box set, the Showa era. I'm excited for that one if we make it, but we'll have to survive the Olympics ones first. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then uh, Criterion is up to uh, uh, 1,031 spine numbers right Ooh. now. When we first started this, uh, they were releasing like a dozen a year, and now they release four or five a month. Yeah, it's uh, horrible. They're kind of they're doing this so on purpose. When we started, yeah, we you're not going to pick up the this chase. This is like so a twelve year project, uh, and now now we are always twelve years away from the. Yeah, end. it is a lifetime so, project now. Yeah. Well, but what's nice is after you guys are able to retire, question mark, um, yeah. then you can do this daily until you catch up. Oh, oh yeah, right, probably. right. That's true. I was going to make my children do podcast. it after my death. Yeah. I think that's a good idea. Bequeath I was, only this. Yeah, exactly. You are a, obligated to do this for the rest of your I lives. I was going to get a soundboard, a soundboard of the different ways Pat says the word weird. Oh, nice. And, <laughs> uh, and just do it myself, but interject weird. every so often. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I got think, the Wilhelm screen. I think we're about done with this, guys. No, you, Thank we, you so we, much for listening. Thank you for joining us, Jonathan. Uh, it was very good to have you. Uh, but I'm going to have to take your phone if we do this much longer. Uh, this week we've Not been if talking I have about, the soundboard with all of the Pat saying we yeah, We've been talking about Stranger Than Paradise uh, next week, Night on Earth, both by Jim Jarmusch. Uh, yes, thank you so much for listening. Uh, I am, as always, the Adam Glass. With me, as always, John Patrick Oatari Dorgan, and we'll see you next time.
You've been listening to Lost in Criterion, hosted by John Patrick Oatari Dorgan and the Adam Glass, who edits it. We're a production of WithTwoBrains.com. Jonathan Hape does the music. Check him out at JonathanHape.Bandcamp.com. And hey, if you like us, why don't you give us a review on iTunes, like us on Facebook, or support us on Patreon. It's Patreon.com slash Lost in Criterion. We'd appreciate it.